Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. All right, guys, welcome back for another episode. Uh, in today's episode, first I want to touch about uh, touch up on NFL Week 17 takeaways. And I'm not only talking the games. I'm talking Freddie Kitchen's getting fired. I want to talk, not necessarily related to Week 17, but Ron Rivera getting signed uh, to the Washington Redskins to be their new head coach. I want to get to everything that has to surround around Week, uh, week 17. I'm not going to get to my NFL playoff predictions. I'm going to try to get to that next episode. And then I want to uh, wrap today's episode up with some Boston Bruins because I have not talked about them in a while. I know the college football playoffs. I nailed both my picks. I said LSU and Clemson. I said that last episode, and I would do a review, but I want to do all that uh, either next episode or the episode after that. Um, if my next episode's uh, Thursday or Friday, I'll probably do my CFB playoff predictions then. But if I can get an episode out um, on Wednesday, then that would be perfect, and I could probably do it then and then try to do an episode Friday. Maybe we can do three this week, so that way I can get some time for the NBA as well, because if I do an episode Thursday or Friday, it'll probably be NFL playoff predictions and... CFB uh, college football championship along with my review from the first round. So that's what we're going to get to today. So first we're going to start with my NFL week 17 takeaway. So let's get to that. Well, there is a lot to take away from this week 17, in the NFL, and I want to get to all the bigger takeaways. Uh, and I really don't know where to start. I guess I'll start with the Patriots. We'll start towards the one o'clock area and uh, the Patriots losing to the Dolphins. I'm a Patriots fan. And Watching that game at home against the Miami Dolphins and losing was truly just kind of heartbreaking. Now, the Patriots are 12-4, and so we're still in a good spot, right? Three seed. But the Patriots haven't played in a wildcard game since 2013. The Patriots started the season 8-0, and in these past eight weeks, they've been 4-4. Four and four. The offense looks dysfunctional. And Tom Brady looked like... He couldn't throw the ball in an ocean. He was horrible. Tom Brady was truly horrible in this game. He had a pick six, his first since 2017, week 17 and 2017. Uh, I remember that game. Jimmy Garoppolo came in the game, second half. Tom Brady only played the first half. He threw a pick six against the Bills. We lost that game. I remember it. But this is a Dolphins team. Their season's over, right? And you're sitting there. The Patriots had something to play for. They had a bye week, and I think that bye week, I'll tell you why, truly means a lot to the Patriots. Now, I think they can handle the Tennessee Titans. They have in the past. I do think the Titans scare me a little. I would rather face the Raiders or the Steelers. The Titans scare me in the sense that they have a average team, and I know that sounds like that shouldn't scare you, but their defense is better than the Dolphins, and Tom Brady couldn't even throw against the Dolphins. The Titans' defense is going to be better. Their offense, though, isn't. Dolphins' offense isn't great, but when Ryan Fitzpatrick is having a good day, they are. And he had a phenomenal day yesterday. He was great. He really was. He went 28 for 41 for 320 yard passing yards and a touchdown. Not to mention, he ran pretty well. Uh, five carries for 15 yards and a touchdown. Not bad. He leads their team rushing yards, by the way. They got Patrick Laird in there a ton. That's their fullback had 11 carries. They ran... They're the ball to their fullback 11 times. That team does not have a running game. Sorry for the voice crack. Uh, that team doesn't have a running game. They are one-dimensional, right? 
Ryan Fitzpatrick did feel like he had a little more than five carries for 15 yards, but uh, he, he didn't do a horrible job outside the pocket. And they passed all over that Patriots defense, especially the last drive of the game. All you need to do is get a stop. The Patriots defense did not play well, neither did the offense. Tom Brady was atrocious in this game. 16 for 29, it's a little over 50% passing the football. Not very good. 221 yards, two TDs, one interception. For some teams that have these crappy quarterbacks, that's not that good. I mean, that's okay for some of these teams' crappy quarterbacks. But for Tom Brady, that's not that good. And that stat line is actually, I think, better than he actually played yesterday. I think he played worse than the stat line suggests. And on the stat line, you can see he threw for just over 50%, also threw a pick. It's a little crazy to think that that mediocre stat line, he didn't even play. I don't even think he deserves that type of stat line. He played worse than that. He missed so many throws. It's aggravating. And the fact that this could be Tom Brady's last regular season game, it was a sour ending. And yeah, he's going to still play a home game this uh, Saturday against Tennessee. But they need to figure something out. And that bye week would have been so good to have. So good. Because not only that... Whether it's you or the Chiefs, Chiefs would probably beat the Titans, right? That's just our assumption. So, Patriots get the bye week. They let Tom Brady rest, because I do think there's something, whether it's with his elbow or a lower body injury, there's something there with Tom Brady, and that week off would be key. That would be awesome, the week off. And he has been inconsistent. Like, the week before this against the Bills, he looked sharp. It's like a week on, week off thing. But that week off may be the difference to really getting that, you know, healing up that injury. Because I don't think it's anything that he needs to sit out multiple weeks for or a month or have surgery on or anything. I just think it's something he needs to rest. And he hasn't got that rest because they've been, their bye week was earlier in the season and not, or you know what I mean. These They haven't had, you know, no teams have, but he's been playing nonstop lately and he's been getting frustrated. He's been getting hit and it's just, come on, I'm getting mad. Just how he's playing right now, it's frustrating because as a Patriots fan, we haven't really experienced this lately. Like, this century has been so dominating for us, and Tom Brady's always been so good, and he really is declining. I mean, I've talked about it all season. He hasn't hurt or helped this team so far this season. I know the receivers aren't great. They're not really getting that open. They have not helped them, don't get me wrong, but he's not helping himself either. Uh, he, he's missing throws. I, I said, it, you know, you started in that Texans game. That was an early sign and it's continued. It's, it's starting to unravel here in new England. And I don't know if I can trust this team going to the postseason. I'm going to pick them against the Titans to win, but I don't know how much farther I can pick them going. Really? I, I don't, I see some people who sincerely think the Patriots are a bottom three team going into these playoffs. And it's ridiculous. I do think people hate on the Patriots a little too much because we have to remember this team's still 12 and 4. And I know, yeah, they're 4 and 4 against, you know, this, their beginning of the schedule's first eight games were, uh, was a joke. And they, m- mon- they, pa- pl- whew, find your words, they plowed through the beginning of their schedule. And it was full of easy opponents, not one of them had a winning record. Second half of the season, you've got the Chiefs, you had the Texans, you had the Eagles who gave you a good game. You didn't lose to them, but they gave you a good game. You had the Ravens, uh, and your losses were to the Dolphins this week, which is ridiculous. And then you lost to the Chiefs, you lost to the Ravens, and you lost to, why can't I remember? Um, I just said it, too. 
y'all said it and now I forgot. Oh, come on. I mean, in the first eight weeks, by the way, you did face the Bills who won a winning record, but um, why can't I remember the third team lost to? I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, I said the Ravens, I said the Chiefs, I said the Dolphins. You guys can just laugh at me. It's okay. Um, um, let me see. You didn't lose to the Bills. I want to figure this out. Why can't I remember this? Think about their schedule. Think you got this. Texans. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, sorry about that. But I just want to, to figure that out on my own without looking it up. But the Patriots do, uh, do scare me. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Packers beating the Lions out uh, to clinch that number two seed. It was the number one seed, but now it's the number two. The fact that the Saints don't have a bye, though, is just ridiculous to me. Like, they don't have a bye. I think they deserve it over the Packers, but uh, the, the Packers got it. Um, you've got... Chiefs beating the Chargers. Okay, that got them number two seed. Uh, Browns and Bengals. Oh, Freddie Kitchens gets fired. Uh, I don't know what to say, really, just besides this was the right move by the Browns organization. 33-23 to was the final. Bengals won. And I do think this played a factor in Freddie Kitchens getting fired. I do. I really do think that um, because... I think if, you know, we heard just a couple of weeks ago that the Bengal, uh, Browns were interested in keeping him another year, and I started going off, and then they lose, they, you know, they lose a little more, and now they lost this week, and I think the Browns have said, that's it, you know what, we played all our starters, and we lost to the worst team in the football, worst team in football right there in the NFL, the Bengals ran all over him, Joe Mixon averaged 6.2 yards a carry on 26 carries. Do the math yourself. He ran for over 160 yards and two touchdowns. They didn't pass the ball that great. Andy Dalton, but they ran all over him. And offensively, Baker, three touchdowns, three picks. So, like, a Jameis Winston day for him. The Browns made the right move. I heard also Freddie Kitchens. Uh, Ian Rappaport called him, and Freddie Kitchens was emotional because he felt like he had the organization's support. The organization... Because, I mean, it makes sense because the organization said to the media a few weeks ago, we're not firing them. Maybe something else happened behind the scenes we could imagine, but it's clear it didn't because he felt he had the support from the organization when he didn't. Uh, and I think they made the right move, really. The Browns did, but uh, they fooled him a little bit, I guess. Uh, but he deserved to get fired. He did a horrible job there. 6-10 and 10 is just disappointing for the Cleveland Browns. They're going to have some decisions to make. Uh, I think they're going to have to roll out with Baker Mayfield I, I just, that's going to have to be their guy, at least for next year. Uh, see if he can maybe, maybe that was just a sophomore slump. And I do say get him a better coach, but he did just fine with Hugh Jackson. So, you know, I, I want to say that I would say a better coach will, would help. But also, I think a coach just for ego purposes and discipline. This team got penalized more than any other team in the NFL. That's on the coach. That is one of those things that you can look up, uh, you know, and point the finger at the coach. He's got to discipline his players. That's part of it, uh, you know. And maybe if he's, you know, you throw a coach on a team with a ton, ton of, you know, undisciplined guys. You know who I'm talking about. Those types of players. Maybe it's a bit of a different story, but that doesn't happen. All teams, you know, it's hard to really rate discipline. And no team sticks out like, oh, they've got a lot of undisciplined players. They're going to get penalized a lot no matter who the coach is. It's usually on the coach. 
to discipline the players, practice it, practice proper technique and things like that. And sometimes it's a bad call by the ref, but you know, every team gets those bad calls and every team gets away with some calls and the Browns, they led the league in penalties at the end of the day. That, that does tell a lot. And the Browns really, they, they also a guy that can manage egos. I think they should get a older guy in there. Freddie Kitchen's 45 years old. Those are first year coaching ever head coaching ever. Um, He'd been in the organization for a little bit. He was with Arizona before. But get a veteran. Get a guy who's been a head coach before, who can discipline those players, you know, and control their egos, too. You got Baker Mayfield, OBJ. They got some big guy, you know, with big uh, mouths in there, if you will. And they, they that's going to be a big move for them. I do think the head coach that they sign is going to make a difference. Uh, Saints destroy the Panthers. Will Greer, man. Uh, that It's just disappointing. Uh Will Greer ended up coming out of the game because he went one for eight for four passing yards and a pick. I'm disappointed because they picked him in the third round, hoping that he would be the kind of Cam Newton, like up next guy. And he was a trajectory first round pick at one point, and then he fell in the draft. Uh, He was out of West Virginia, strong armed guy, knows how to run a pro style offense out of college. I loved him, but he is, he was horrible. Horrible. And they pulled him for Kyle Allen, who goes on for 25 for 41 passing, 295 yards and a pick. Wasn't horrendous. Was definitely better than Will Groove. They got clapped. They got destroyed by the Saints. And I'm not the uh, completely, I haven't completely lost hope in Will Groove. I don't think he's going to be like a Pro Bowl or wonder or anything. I just think he had some potential there. And I'm not giving up on that potential, but I definitely lost some faith in him. The Falcons and Buccaneers, this one's just laughable. James Winston, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks on the year. Isn't that crazy? I, I, him, I want to touch up on Jameis Winston uh, in the Buccaneer situation. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Jaguars beat the Colts, helps Doug Marone's case to stay, but I do think they should fire Doug Marone. Just clean out things there. They started with Tom Coughlin uh, a week or so ago. Clean out the coaching staff. They need a change there. They need change in Jacksonville. Uh, just clean things out. Eagles beat the Giants. Eagles win the division, just as I predicted, except the Eagles have not been as good. The Eagles are the worst team going into the playoffs. I think that's clear. I do give them a chance, though, this week. Uh, they're going to be at home against the Seahawks. I do give them a chance. Um, don't get me wrong. The Eagles always show up come playoff time. Usually, I know that's with Nick Foles. Uh, but... I, I can't count the Eagles out. They've, they've proven they can come play in the playoffs, and they're starting to heat up a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see what they are capable of doing. It's a very good Seahawks team, but the Seahawks tend to play some close games. So, you know, maybe the Eagles can pull that out. I'm not even I'm not even sure who to pick in that game, honestly. Um, yeah, you know, Ravens beat the Steelers. Rams beat the Cardinals. Not too much to say there. Titans beat the Texans. Uh, seal up their own fate in a good way. They're going to make it to the playoffs now. Broncos narrowly beat the Raiders. Doesn't matter. Cowboys destroy the Redskins. Any Cowboys haters, this is great. The Cowboys score the most points they have scored all season. They destroy the Redskins all for nothing because the Eagles ended up winning. And then the 49ers versus Seahawks. That? So basically is what happened. All right. I was at a party and I I watched the first half of the 49ers and Seahawks game. I watched it. It was decent. You know, it wasn't anything bad. Um, 13 to nothing at the half, the 49ers. My pick was the 49ers before this game, and they ended up winning. So at the half, I was feeling very confident in my pick. And then at halftime, went home, and I didn't watch the rest of the game uh, because I didn't watch the second half. 
I tried to rest up because I had practice earlier in the morning. So I didn't get to watch the second half. And I go to look up the highlights. And no one was really talking about that. Like, I hadn't really seen anything on TV or social media or anything really about it. But all of a sudden, I look it up. I hear Game of the Decade. And I was just like, hmm, are you sure? Like, Game of the Decade? Like, I think that's a bit of an overreaction. I watched the first half. The score was 26 to 21. I saw that. So I was just kind of like, Game of the Decade. You know, maybe the Seahawks make some comeback. I don't know why we the Game of the Decade. I watched the third quarter. It's okay. Um... By the third quarter, the Seahawks start to get it on. They score seven points, but the 49ers score six. So I'm like, all right, it's 19 to seven. So then fourth quarter comes along. By the time Raheem Mostert scores that touchdown, I'm like, okay, the game's over. Basically, it's basically over. They're up by uh, 12 points here. They're up by 12 points. They're, they're going to win this game, right? And then they go down. Seahawks go down. DK Metcalf gets a touchdown. And then the 49ers get the ball and three and out. They had that stupid uh, personal foul. So the 49ers, the Seahawks forced a three and out. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Like, this is going to be a good ending. I know they don't have, end up winning, but if this is the game of the decade, something's got to happen here. The Seahawks start marching down the field. I'm like, okay. Like, if I'm watching this game, if I watch that game in real time, I think I might have started to think the Seahawks were going to win. Like, by the way, they started marching down the field, you know, historically Russell Wilson knows what he's doing in that situation. Uh, and they get down to the one yard line. They got that first down with 30 something seconds left. Russell Wilson spikes the ball and then they get a delay of game. So now they're at the six yard line on a first and goal. They don't convert. Uh, eventually it's fourth and goal. And they throw to Jacob Hollister down at the one. What a way to end 2019. What a way to end this decade for football. And I don't really think of it that way because it's like, well, we still have um, the playoffs to come. So, you know, the season's not over, but that's the hundredth, technically hundredth year football. That's how it ended, uh, which is crazy. And it was a good game. Game of the decade? No. No, it was not the game of the decade. I saw that one place. I was like, some person, some website called it the game of the decade. I was just like, well, I got to watch this because I don't think it would end up that way. I didn't really hear anybody really raving about the game. I heard people say it was a good game. A few people. I didn't really I hadn't really checked in or anything. And, you know, no one was talking about it like they talked about the Rams and the Chiefs back last season or anything like that. So I was kind of confused. And it was a good game. Good ending. It was better than I would have thought. After that first half, I wouldn't have thought. The second half was very good. But the first half didn't do the same, if that makes any sense. The first half was okay. Second half was very good. But I think it's got to do is due diligence all around to be the game of the decade. Like, the Chiefs and the Rams did that. The Chiefs and the Rams was a good game for 60 minutes. That 49ers and Seahawks game didn't do enough for 60 minutes. The first half was not that great. It was okay. Especially, you know, Week 17 made it a little better. But I will tell you, watching the highlights today, I wouldn't have thought that was a Week 17 game at all. You don't get games like that in Week 17. So that made it a little bit special. Uh, and it was a good game, don't get me wrong. Game of the week, of course. Uh, I'll give you that. It didn't have a lot to compete with, but there were only a few games that really meant anything. So that was definitely the game of the week. Uh, it was entertaining. It, it was a good game. It was up there, but game of the decade, no. I saw that somewhere, I'm telling you, you know, and I know many of you probably didn't. But anyway, 
Also, one more thing, Ron Rivera going to the Redskins. Before I wrap this up, slow your roll. Ron Rivera to the Redskins. I like it. I do. Uh, they're just such a dysfunctional organization to get a decent name, a decent head coach as well. I know Ron Rivera hasn't done great these past few seasons, but I think you know, for him to get fired, settle down for a few weeks, get his mind off the game. I know it's hard for him to do, but just for him to settle down just a little bit and now get that second chance. I'm sure, you know, he's with the Redskins now and he's met with them and everything, but he's still going to get a little more time to just take that breath. And he's moved on from Carolina now. Maybe he's got his mind back in a better place and now he can focus on the next task. I think with him refreshed, I think, you know, that'll make for a little bit better of a Ron Rivera. And I think it's a good signing by the Washington Redskins. Give him that second chance. Because uh, we've seen what he can do as a coach. 15-1, and one, take a team to the Super Bowl. I know that was a lot of uh, Cam Newton. He, he did a great job there. But uh, Ron Rivera, I'm glad he got that second chance. He definitely deserved it. And uh, he should be a decent coach there for that team. Better than uh, Jay Gruden, uh, that's for sure. But now we are going to get to the Boston Bruins. So let's get to that. All right, the Boston Bruins. It's been a while since we've talked about the Bruins, but the Bruins still sit in first place in the Atlantic Division. They played 40 games. They've won 24 of them, including seven losses and nine overtime losses, putting them at 57 points on the season. That's 10 ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are in second in the Atlantic Division. And when you look around the league, the only teams that are better than them in overall points are the Capitals with 59 points, the Blues with 58 points, and that's about it. Not just that's about, that is it. I don't know why I said that's about it. But the Bruins have played a very good season. And they had a very good start to the season. But in their last 10, they are 4-3-3. So they are slowing down a little bit. But they're picking up the pace. These past four games, they've grabbed seven of the potential eight points. They're 3-0-1. And in their past three games, they're 3-0-0. Including two wins to the Sabres and a win to the Capitals. That Capitals win was so good. Um, Not only because you won 7-3 but you beat the Washington Capitals. You never beat the Capitals. The Capitals are the Bruins' kryptonite, so it was nice to see them beat the Capitals for once. And yeah, Tory Krug and Charlie McAvoy got hurt in that game. That did hurt, and Charlie McAvoy's still out because of it. But it was nice to get that win against the Caps, and it was a big win, too. It wasn't one that was just kind of like, yeah, we won, but barely. We won by convincing four goals. That's awesome. I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. So... It was very convincing, right? So I I just, I don't know. I just personally found that refreshing. And the Capitals have played a very good season this year as well. It's not like, oh, you never beat the Capitals, but this season they suck. They're the best team in the NHL points-wise so far. So that's great. I love to see it. I really do. Um, But one team that I've always said keep an eye on uh, is the Lightning. The Lightning had a horrible start to the season. They've won three in a row. They're 6-3-1. and one. They beat you the last time you faced them just a week or so ago. They're 20-13-4 and four now. The thing with the Bruins, though, I will say, is the overtime losses are getting ridiculous. We lead the division in overtime losses. In fact, we lead the whole conference in overtime losses with nine. So, that does scare me a little bit. They do go to overtime a lot. I'll give you that. They, you know, it's a tough one to rate because you, you might sit there and say, well, a team like the Lightning only have four overtime losses. They have not been in overtime a lot. The Red Wings only have three because they suck so bad. They never get a game to overtime. They always just lose. They have nine wins on the season. Three over, overtime losses. That's it. The Bruins do go to overtime a lot. So, it's a tough ratio. Like, you know, let's say the Red Wings, they have three overtime losses, but they've only been to overtime five times on the season. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Bruins, they've been to overtime, let's say, 15 times, and they've lost nine. Not very good, 
But still, like, the Red Wings, they've only probably been to overtime, like, five times. So it's tough to really say. The Bruins have been a ton. So, yeah, they're going to have a little more losses in some of these teams. But nine is a little scary. They've got to perform a little better in overtime. I will say that. that that's all. I, that's my really only big complaint. They're five on five. Does have to get a little better as well, a little stronger. And I would look into some sort of trade uh, to maybe uh, help out. I mean, their goals... I, I really the I can't say their goals against because they have been incredible this year. They have 102 goals against. The next lowest in the division is 116 for the Lightning. Their goals for are really the only thing that I can say might want to improve. They have 136 goals for, which is still very good. That their best part, their defense has been good and their goaltending's been very good. The offense has been good too. That's the part that can improve the most, though. I don't really know what they can really improve on, per se. Like, you know, the Islanders' goaltending and defense has been phenomenal. 97 goals allowed. That's it. They're still in the double digits. Not going to last for long, but they're still in double digits. If you are in the double digits at the 40-game mark, you're very good. If you're at the double digits at the 36-game mark, that's very good. They're still here at the 40. That's incredible. Uh, I don't know if there's any in the West. Uh, with the double, no, just the Islanders. So the Bruins, their goaltending and defense has been very good. Their offense has also been good. It hasn't been spectacular like the defense and the goaltending has been, though. Uh, their goal scoring can get just a little better. Like, you know, the Panthers, the Maple Leafs, they've scored more goals, both of them, than the Bruins have so far this season. And both of them are on your tails for the division. So, Maybe explore, uh, you know, improving uh, things like the second or third line, maybe. I'm just saying. Uh, but I, I'm not too concerned with the Bruins uh, or anything like that. Uh, just maybe a better five-on-five five player. Because I do think that's going to, you know, that's going to hurt you. That's my concern with the Bruins. is They get a lot of their uh, goals off the uh, man advantage. So when it's not even strength, that's when they score a lot of their goals. Or when it's four on four or something, that's when they score most of their goals. So a player that can help them five on five, because come playoff time, you know, they're gonna let more they're gonna let the boys play. You know, that's they're not going to make as many calls as they do in the regular season. So I think that benefits the Bruins now, but come playoff time when it matters most, that does not benefit. Uh so that that's maybe the only thing, but the Bruins, it's hard to really complain. I was a little scared, you know, two weeks ago with that stretch that they did have, but they've played phenomenal ever since. So that's all I've got to say. It was a shorter episode than I thought it would be, but I'm going to leave it on that. Um, hope you guys have a good New Year's. I probably won't see you till 2020. 2019 was a success. I know the podcast, uh, although I started about 10 months ago, we started in February, so the one-year anniversary is coming up relatively soon, which is crazy. This year flew by. Uh, and although we're not too far from where we started, uh, which isn't the best thing I'd want to say from a growth standpoint, we're getting there and you know, we're just going to keep going, keep grinding. Uh, but I hope you guys all have a new, great new year. Again, 2019 was great. Hopefully 2020 is even better. Uh, so again, have a great new year. Go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. Again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase, no spaces. For podcast updates, sports content. Also, go call on the Anchor Mobile app. Um, you can get that on the whatever app store you have. Uh, you can type in Anchor Mobile app. Get the app in the search bar at the top of the app. Type in After the Buzzer Sports Talk. You can send a voice message that way. If you can't get the app or you don't want to for storage reasons or whatever, go on Safari or Google or whatever you have. Type in After the Buzzer Sports Talk. It's talk by Aiden Mayer on Anchor. 
click on that link. It has to be from Anchor, and then you can send in a voice message that way. I will say, though, the app is a little easier. Uh, But again, thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time. Thank you.